how is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. What up, Hoops Handicappers? Little 2-0 Tuesday for your boys starting March out on a winning note. Hit with the Detroit Pistons plus 3.5. Cashed the under 218.5 in the Brooklyn Nets-Toronto Raptors game. Got a little lucky perhaps in both, but hey, lucky bets cash, so... Um, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm gonna take the money happily, and hopefully you guys followed me on that one. Um, I have three best bets in the Wednesday, March second slate. Uh, there's eight games in the association tonight. Before I talk about those best bets and handicap those games, let me first shout out the official odds provider, the Bet Slipping Podcast uh, NBA show that. Typico Sportsbook, they're a global sports betting leader. That's live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with their fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast can get a special welcome bonus at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to game, so please see Typico's website for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Please remember to gamble responsibly. All right, so we improved our 2022 record to 65-30 and 30 with yesterday's 2-0 performance. Obviously, uh, 2-0 in March, 3-2 this week after the uh, stinky 1-2 Monday performance. So, Bounced back, got a little lucky. We hit with the Pistons, plus three and a half. They lost to the Washington Wizards, 116-113. to um, It came down to a final uh, would-be game-tying three-point shot attempted by Detroit. Not exactly sure who. I forget. I, I watched the game. I just don't really remember. Um, but the difference in this game was a, was a third to fourth quarter um, scoring swing by Washington. They had like a a 15 to two run at one point and uh they were much hotter from behind the arc while well, washington hit 50 percent of their three pointers and Detroit hit 30 percent of their three pointers but uh Cade cunningham played awesome jeremy grant played awesome um just washington played a little bit better as a team um especially again behind the arc um another game we won and i got a lot more lucky on this one pistons were actually up going into the second half against the Washington Wizards. So it wasn't really a bad beat. It just feels a little fortunate how it played out. But uh, we cashed an under 218.5 bet with the Brooklyn Nets visiting the Toronto Raptors. It was uh, the second of a back-to-back, home and, home and away back-to-back between uh, the Nets and the uh, Raptors. The Raptors played the Nets and beat them by, oof, I don't know, double digits um, on Monday. This game was a lot closer. Um, it was trending over through three quarters. We got lucky in this one um, with these two teams combining to score 47 points in the fourth quarter. Toronto beat Brooklyn 109 to 108. James Johnson did hit a meaningless three pointer as time expired. Um, they were down 109 to 105, um, but still, we were, we were very fortunate to cash that one. I think the uh, fourth quarter started. The first three minutes of the fourth quarter, there was no points scored. So. Uh, again, lucky bets cash, just the same as um, sharp ones. So I'm not going to complain. I'm going to uh, smile and cash my money or um, cash my ticket and take my money and put it into some Wednesday action. Again, I have three best bets in tonight's slate. My three best bets are um, I'm going to lay the five and a half with the Pelicans. I gave this one out 
on a yesterday's bet slipping podcast um the um all sports sports betting podcast that we do we covered the honor palmer invitational talked a little about college basketball my co-host nathan beagle uh the homie nate dog handicapped some college basketball mls and some arnie palmer invitational we also did a little nba and one of the picks that i gave out were the pelicans minus five and a half and if you listen to that podcast um, you heard me more of do a rant about why I like the Pelicans without any real data or evidence to back it up. I have a lot more data and evidence in this game or for this handicap, but Sacramento is one and two straight up, but again, two and one against the spread since the All-Star game. New Orleans, however, is two and oh straight up and against the spread since the All-Star game with upsets over Phoenix and LA um, this past weekend. Sacramento is 2-0 and straight up, though, and against the spread versus New Orleans this season. Those meetings, though, were on October 29th and November 3rd. And the base of my handicap here, or the foundation of it, is that New Orleans is a much different team from then. Um, they started the season out 1-12, and and since then, they're an even 500. They've been balling in February. Um, they're, they're, they're seventh in adjusted net rating and third in ETS differential since February 1st. Um, according to cleaningtheglass.com. And more simply put, I, I just love Nola's or New Orleans, excuse me, starting five much more than Sacramento's. I do not think Darren Fox is a, a legitimate starting point guard. Uh, I'm, I, I kind of feel the same about DeMontis Sabonis as a big man, even though he's made the all-star game. I know some of you are hearing that, like that's outrageous, but I'll take Jonas Valanciunas. The New Orleans big over Sabonis. Um, Sabonis is averaging just 12.3 points per game on 39% shooting in seven career games against JV. Um, and New Orleans is sneaky, long, and has a dynamic defensive front court. Um, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram have close to seven foot wingspans. Jackson Hayes is a springy, super athletic, really defense focused um, power forward. And Jonas Valanciunas is a as a big, beefy seven-footer who's more of an offensive presence but can clog the pain. It's just going to be hard for Sabonis to get anything going. I don't think he's going to be able to put the ball on the floor. And New Orleans has really good defense, actually. And they, they ball out versus really good or against bad defenses, which Sacramento is. Sacramento is like a bottom five defense in the league. New Orleans has got a plus 12 ATS differential um, versus bottom 10 teams. Um, Sacramento is also a bottom 10 team. Uh, that, that's according to uh, cleaningtheglass.com and, and since February 1st. So again, just let me give that to you one more time. Pelicans have a plus 12.4 ETS differential and they're 4-0 straight up versus bottom 10 teams since the February 1st. So not only is New Orleans trending in the right direction, but they beat up on bad teams. They're 5-2 and and 5-2 and 1 against the spread as a favorite. They're 3-1 and one against the spread when laying five to seven points and they're five one and one against the spread and their last seven versus losing teams. Um, and um, the, the Pelicans need this game like blood. Uh, the, they're in contention for the final play in seed. And as is the Kings, I mean, the Kings uh, were trade deadline buyers moving Tyrese Halliburton and buddy heel to Indiana for DeMontis Sabonis trying to pair up a nice little uh, guard and big uh, combination with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. But um, Pelicans also added C.J. McCollum, and I think that addition is going to mean a lot more 
um, than the addition to Sabonis, at least down the stretch. And in this game, CJ McCollum is just balling since coming to New Orleans, putting up 28 points per game, and I believe seven games um, on 61% effective field goal shooting, which breaks down to 53%. Um, from the field, 43% from behind the arc. So it's a big number um, with, a, with a team that usually doesn't lay big numbers, but I'll take the Pelicans, minus 5.5 at Tipico. It's priced at minus 120. By the time any of you guys hear this podcast, it could get up to minus 6. I I actually would play the Pelicans up to minus 6.5. Obviously, we are uh, getting the worst of the number, so always shop around for the best price at all your available sports books, but Typico's got this at five and a half minus 120, and that's how I'll uh, mark it down for my bet slipping official record. Um, the next game that I like here, I'm taking the Miami Heat uh, plus four and a half as they uh, visit the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks um, are one and one straight up and against the spread since the All-Star game. They they beat the crap out of Charlotte 130 to 106 Monday. Miami is four and zero straight up and two one and one against spread in their last four. Uh, they 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 crushed Chicago one twelve to ninety nine Monday in a game again that was a lot. Uh, the the it was a lot I guess further apart than the score would indicate. Miami beat the shit out of Chicago is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, Miami is also two and one straight up and against spread versus Milwaukee and these teams do have a storied history right. Uh, Milwaukee got. Revenge in the first round of last year's Eastern Conference playoffs. I think they beat Miami four games to one. It might have been a clean sweep, but either way, Milwaukee got revenge en route to a title after Miami upset Milwaukee in the playoff bubble a couple of years ago on the way to their NBA Finals loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. So these two teams do have a history. They're very familiar with each other. Um, and the only, But the only game that... Uh, Miami had both Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler for against Milwaukee. Was uh, uh, I think it was a forty-point beatdown they put on them. They scored one hundred and thirty-seven. Hold on, let me pull it up right now. Sorry about that, guys. Um, this beat them one hundred and thirty-seven to ninety-five. Now, Milwaukee they were missing um, they were missing Drew Holiday, but but still, I mean that's. Uh, Drew Holiday doesn't make up uh, 42 points worth of difference. So, um, and and I'm and the rest of the market's kind of waiting for Milwaukee to get its shit together, right, and ascend atop the East. But I mean, Miami's the best team in the East, and the numbers can back it up. And we're 60 plus games into this. Miami's got a higher effective field goal percentage differential and a higher rebound per game differential than Milwaukee. Um, and, and and Miami is 18-11 in clutch situations, so they win tight games, whereas Milwaukee, I believe, is 15-16 and 16 overall in clutch time situations. Also, according to, to Vegas Insider, um, we have a pros versus Joes game in this one. A slight majority of the public is on the uh, is on the Milwaukee Bucks here at home, um, but about eighty percent of the money is on the Miami Heat. Now, typically, um, when the money column is a lot greater than the than the bets place column, that that signifies like where the sharp money is, right? Um, so if you if you see that, that's where you kind of want to follow the money and, and and fade the public. So that's a sweet spot in gambling. It's just a nice addition to the handicap, but 
I mean, it's just a better spot for Miami. They're nine and five against a spread as road underdogs with a plus seven point five ATS differential. Miami's ten and or excuse me, Milwaukee. Uh, did I say that wrong? I'm gonna just go back and say it again. I'm not gonna edit. Miami's nine and five against the spread as a road dog with a plus seven point five ATS differential. Milwaukee's ten and nineteen ATS as a home favorite with a minus three point nine ATS differential. Also, Milwaukee significantly underperforms against good teams. Significantly. They're dead last in ATS differential versus top 10 teams, according to cleaningtheglass.com, and they have a minus 7.1 ATS differential in those spots. Miami has got a plus 1.1 ATS differential versus top 10 teams, and um, they actually have a winning ATS record on the road against um, teams that are above 500, whereas the Milwaukee Bucks are 5-12 and 12 against the number on the road, um, or at home, excuse me, against teams above 500. So um, I, the number is kind of big, and that scares me, you know, with the heat. Um, and and I'm, I'm a little nervous of them becoming a public dog, but um, I was comforted <laughs> when I saw the uh, the public was more on the Bucks and the Sharps were more on the heat. So let's lock in Miami. Plus four and a half is our second best bet. And our final best bet here, and I might get my hand caught in the cookie jar in this one, if I'm being honest. Um, it's more of a it's more of a lean, but I am gonna I'm gonna track it for my record and I and I have the bet in my account. Or excuse me, I I plan on making the bet in my account, but for official record keeping purposes, I'm gonna take the Hornets plus four and a half. This is a visit the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, word to the wise here. I would wait until it's close to tip-off before placing an official bet, which is what I'm going to do, but I have to lock in my pick for the podcast now. Um, but there is a chance Darius Garland, the all-star point guard for Cleveland, returns for this game, and if that's the case, then Charlotte was probably going to get become a bigger underdog, at which point I would take that price because, to me, the first number that that that, that uh, hit the market was the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers minus three. And and based on how Charlotte is trending, to me, it feels like the it's a trap line. It feels like the odd makers really want people to take the Cleveland Cavaliers because Charlotte is two and eight straight up in their last 10 and two, six and two against the number in their last 10. So they're playing pretty bad. And both of their recent losses were kind of embarrassing for different reasons. Um, they got absolutely dump trucked by Milwaukee Monday, uh, 130 to 106, like I already mentioned. And they lost in overtime to the lowly Detroit Pistons and a Kelly Olenek buzzer beater the game before that. Um, they also play really bad against top 10 defenses, which I'm, I'm assuming is baked into the number. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely baked into the number. So I'm not providing any additional data and anyone who thinks they're getting value um, here, I think could be mistaken. I mean, all of the market and all of the money is on Cleveland. So I like taking contrarian plays when it makes sense. And this feels like a buy low spot for Charlotte here. Uh, Cleveland still has no backcourt technically. Now, again, Garland could come back, but they're going to be without Carlos Levert, who they picked up around the trade deadline, and Rajon Rondo, who admittedly doesn't play that much of a difference, doesn't make that much of a difference. But again, the, the crux of the foundation of my handicap here is it just feels like a trap line. It feels like the original line was ever, like the odds makers want you to take the Cavs. Maybe I'm tripping. 
and maybe I am going to get my hand caught in the cookie jar, but it's a borderline must win for Charlotte because um, they are they are plummeting to uh, out of the playoff out of the playoff race here. They're currently in the East. They're currently the ninth seed, but only a game ahead of uh, the Washington Wizards. Um, and they're actually tied with the Atlanta Hawks, who are the 10th seed. So they're uh, both um, 11 and a half games at a first, but one game ahead of the Washington Wizards, the, the Hawks and the, the the Hornets are. So they need this game to stay in front of the Wizards, who are quietly playing some pretty good basketball. And uh, coincidentally, Charlotte actually were trade deadline buyers um, um, picking up Montrez Harrell at the trade deadline from Washington. So um, I think Montrez Harrell. Well, I don't think Montrez Harrell's actually given Charlotte some really good minutes. He's um, a plus at a, he's plus and adjusted on off net rating for Charlotte this year, and he's played very well against Cleveland this season. And Cleveland is lacking a little bit of depth um, because of the injuries to their backcourt. So uh, essentially, I think Montrez Harrell could either outplay or neutralize Kevin Love off the bench. I'm also anticipating Evan Mobley to hit a bit of a rookie wall um, in the near future, and I and I think Cleveland too much of Cleveland's defense and success is predicated on a rookie's production. Um, Evan Mobley does look awesome. I'm not going to dispute that, but uh, I guess I'm more talking circles around this handicap. The 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 foundation and the the biggest angle that I'm working here is that I just don't think anyone's going to be on Charlotte, and it feels like a trap line. So. Just a quick recap, my best bets. I'm going with the Pelicans, minus 5.5 over the Sacramento Kings or the host uh, New Orleans is. I'm going to take Miami, plus 4.5 as they visit the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm going to take the 4.5 with the Charlotte Hornets as they visit the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, quick reminder, always shop for the best numbers. Always check for the most up-to-date injury reports before making your wagers. Best of luck, and I'll holler at you all tomorrow. Peace. Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.